If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a joint venture super connector. Kimberly Hobshide gets entrepreneurs the stages and connections they need to stop being overlooked and explore explosively grow their revenue and reach. Kimberly is an award-winning, international, inspirational public speaker, best-selling author, audiobook producer, and six-time entrepreneur. She's the creator of Entrepreneurs Rocket Fuel, an active community of entrepreneurs looking to contribute, connect, and grow with other entrepreneurs. I recently heard Kimberly speak at an event, and I knew that I just had to have her on the show. So, Kimberly, what an absolute pleasure it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. Susan, thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. You've got so much great expertise that I know that our listeners could benefit from. And you position yourself as a joint venture super connector. I absolutely love that. But let's talk about what exactly does that mean? Fantastic. I am a six-time entrepreneur myself, and I love connecting people to stages and opportunities and other people that they need in order to get seen and heard in a bigger way. Oftentimes, that will be just an introduction to another person, but sometimes it's an introduction to a podcast host such as yourself, Susan, or perhaps it's another type of virtual or in-person stage. There are even with the situation that we're in right now, where we're in the midst of COVID while we're recording this, it is an opportunity to get seen and heard via Zoom or podcasts or radio shows or TV shows or web summits and a variety of different ways. My mission in life is actually to get entrepreneurs seen and heard in a bigger way so they can make the impact that they're supposed to make in this world before they finish. (laughs) I love that. The real question is, how do we get started? I mean, obviously, life is not the way we've been used to it. So we're having to adapt to a whole new normal. How would our listeners, who many of them or most of them are probably entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, how would they get started with this connection? That's a fantastic question. Well, first off, getting seen and heard seems to be one of the entrepreneur's biggest frustrations, but also their biggest fears. It's one of the things that sort of traps an entrepreneur into playing small. And many of your listeners probably have a message that they want to get out there They know they have a contribution to make to this world. They know they can impact other people's lives in a positive way and help them get to where they need to go. But the daunting task of public speaking or getting big or getting out on stages or making those sales calls or getting in front of other people can be very, very frightening for some people. 
as introverts, that can be very difficult, but even extroverts have definite terrors when it comes to public speaking sometimes. But there's good news. I know that a lot of people say that public speaking can be a fear that's greater than the fear of death, which they did measure that many years ago in a study that said, what are you most afraid of? And spiders was on there and snakes was on there and death was on there. And public speaking was right there at the top. Not many people like to get out there. It is a very common fear for people. Unfortunately, if you're not seen and heard in a bigger way, and if you can't get the word out there about who you are and what you do, you're not going to have the contribution that you really are here to make while you're on this planet. And I think that overcoming that is really just realizing that public speaking is when you are talking to two or more people at a time. And that's it. Anytime you've ever been in a networking group or in a group of girlfriends or guy friends and just hanging out, if you're telling a story or talking to the group, that's actually public speaking. The fear that goes along with public speaking of standing behind a podium on a big stage or having the camera shine on you or something like that is a fear that is based on something that is super common in your life that you do virtually every day. And it's funny that we just don't think of it in that same way. And you're absolutely right. That whole idea of absolutely being petrified of getting up on that stage and speaking in front of people. In fact, for me personally, I mean, I speak to thousands of people, as do you, but speaking to my colleagues, oh my goodness, Mm. (laughs) I could speak to rooms full of strangers, halls full of strangers, but when you speak to your colleagues, oh my goodness, (laughs) that is really fearful. I don't know quite why that is, but that whole feeling probably being judged. But talk to us more about those fears. What have you come across with the people who you work with? What fears are they specifically and how do you control them? The fears that you're talking about with speaking to your colleagues actually have an attachment to something else entrepreneurs face all the time, which is imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to be up here on this stage telling these people, my colleagues, this information? Like, why do I have the authority for that? That's just imposter syndrome, right? And it's very common. And the way to get past that imposter syndrome is just to really own you are the person who's on the stage that people want to hear from. You have information other people need to have in order to move their lives forward in a positive direction in some cases, right? You have spoken to your colleagues, I assume, in a group from time to time, right? Maybe over a lunch table and you're talking about could be business, could be politics, it could be what happened in sports this weekend, or it could be a variety of different things. But you're comfortable talking to them on a one-on-one basis or even a one-to-many basis if it's in a casual setting. But when you get up on that stage, now you're having to step into that authority. All right, now everybody listen to me. And that feels like the intimidating piece. My suggestion for getting over that is actually to transform your mindset in two ways. The first is consider the audience, those colleagues that you are very comfortable with and are ready to receive the information that you have. So your best client or customer, your best friend at work, one of the colleagues that you not only respect, but enjoy having conversation with is that audience member. So focus on that mentally is the person that you're delivering to. And then second, the chemistry in your body is actually real. When you get up on a stage and you hear your ears ringing and your stomach is doing flips and your heart is beating faster, that's nerves. 
and you stand up on the stage and say, oh my gosh, I am so nervous to speak on this stage. But that's just another mindset shift. The first one was picturing a colleague or a friend or somebody that you really care about who wants to receive this information. The second one is to shift the identification of the chemistry from nervous to something else. Well, the other emotion that happens that creates those exact same chemistry pieces is excited. If you're excited, your ears might be ringing. If you're excited, your heart might be beating faster. If you're excited, your stomach might be doing flips. Instead of saying, I'm nervous to get on stage, just change that mindset shift to, I'm excited to get on stage. I'm excited to get on stage and get this information out to these people who are excited to get it back from me. Just your enthusiasm alone just is so (laughs) exciting. I mean, it's like, hey, I think I'd buy anything from you with that excitement. (laughs) When you are excited to get on stage, even if you ask the masters, even if you ask, I love Kevin Klein, he's a great actor and he fesses up all the time. Of course, I'm nervous to get in front of that camera. Of course I am. Everybody is. If you're not, it's not normal. But it's one of those things where you just shift your mindset and get to be excited that you get to play in this show or be on this stage or share this information. And it really changes how you show up on that stage. It's funny you should say that because a recent guest had mentioned, just fall in love with a camera. You know, Mm. it's your best friend and you just love that camera. So yes. As you say, it's a mindset shift, but let's go back and talk about getting started with these connections and getting on those stages and in light of obviously the pandemic, the, the situation that we're in currently. Yeah. Stages are actually lots of places and people get intimidated just by being on the stage, but also by thinking about, do I deserve to be on those stages, right? I recommend starting by just opening yourself up to the possibility. I'm sort of a law of attraction kind of person, right? So if you open yourself up to the possibility that I am ready to receive information on who I need to meet, on where I need to go, and what I need to say in order to attract new opportunities to speak into my life. And when you say that, you shift your mindset again, and you get into the place where you're ready to hear that information. Now, whether you believe in law of attraction or you don't, once you've changed your mindset to be open to receiving that information, it's the same theory as wanting to buy a car and suddenly you see all those cars out on the freeway, right? Like that kind of car shows up in your life a whole lot. You're like, I never noticed all these Honda Civics before or these Audi A3s before, but here they all are. Same principle with stages. You just start opening up. You know, I am ready to start getting information on who I need to talk to, who I need to meet, where I need to be and what I need to know in order to get on stages and speak in many different varieties of opportunities. And you'd be surprised at what comes your direction. All of the people that are listening to this podcast actually tangentially know one podcast host, and that's you, Susie, right? So you know one stage, at least, that you could potentially get on if you have a message to give that would be good for this audience. If you're speaking to this kind of audience, then Susie might be a really good contact for you to reach out to to say, hey, I do have a message and I would like to share. Do you have a spot on your podcast? And podcast hosts are a great way to get started. If you have a local church group that you can talk to, or if you have a local community that is like, I always use the example of hikers, right? 
if there's hikers and you sell hiking boots to hikers, you could ask during a rainy day on one of their meetings, instead of going out hiking, can I present information on how to pick up the best hiking boot? You can create your own stages and create opportunities to speak to groups. Anytime you're speaking one-to-many, you're really doing public speaking and sharing your message. And the intimidating part often comes when people say, well, I don't want to sound salesy. Like I don't want to pitch to that hiking group, right? And what you're doing when you're public speaking is really the best way to show up is I'm here to serve. I'm here to share information. I'm not here necessarily to sell, but I'm here to light a path that they can get on as part of their journey. And that path might lead them to making a better decision about a hiking boot. And part of that path might be wanting to know more information about my hiking boots. Part of it might not. That's totally fine. But at the end, you need to give them something to do to take that next step in the journey. And again, it goes back to the whole idea of mindset, because rather than, as you said, sounding salesy, which is one of the things that I know that many of my listeners fear, Mm -hmm. is turning it around to say, I'm here to serve. One of my speaker colleagues always talks about wanting to serve, not shine. And Mm. when you get into that mindset, then I am here to serve. I'm here to share my message because I have a valuable message to share with my audience. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Let's talk about some mistakes that you see your entrepreneurs make. What can you uh, share with us, Kimberly? Well, I'd be happy to share. That's actually part of my story. So I am a six-time entrepreneur, which has been a lot of fun. I've had the good fortune of even being able to grow three of my businesses to the point where I sold them, which is rare in that world of entrepreneurship. And it's been a really interesting ride. But I haven't always been an entrepreneur. In fact, I spent 17 years in corporate working for a Fortune 1000 company. I did what they told me to do. I went in and I worked my way up and got promoted and got raises. And then I realized that I had grown directly into what many of your listeners might know as golden handcuffs. I was making multi-six figures and great income, but I didn't love what I was doing anymore. As I said, I was there for 17 years. 15 of them were good. The last two, not so much. And I stayed because the money was good and I tried to resign and they offered me another position and more. And then I realized that I really wasn't supposed to be doing that anymore. I didn't want to just have that on my my tombstone, right? I resigned finally and decided to become a full-time entrepreneur. And I'd had some entrepreneurial businesses on the side and knew that I could grow them for sale. And that was great. So I thought to my friends and family, what should I do now? Now that I'm, I've quit this fantastic paying job and I'm out into this never, never land of entrepreneurship, what should I do to create a seven-figure business? That was my goal. My friends and family thought I was crazy for quitting in the first place, but then they said, well, you were so good at what you did at corporate. Why don't you do that? And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. I'll just use the stuff I'm already good at and build a business around it. And this is where the mistake comes in. (laughs) And I did. I built a business and I grew it to... Actually, in 18 months, it was at a million dollars in revenue. And I turned around, I looked at what I had created, and I hit this emotional brick wall. And I realized I had created my own golden jail cell. Mm. 
much worse in my mind than golden handcuffs because now I was responsible for a company that had customers and contracts and employees and invoices. I was responsible for tons of things and people and money and all kinds of things. And I didn't want to do it. This is the business that I had tried to leave. Now I had just recreated it because I was good at it. I had what Brene Brown calls a spiritual awakening slash breakdown. It's the same thing, right? Where you're like, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I don't know what I am supposed to do. It was a huge mistake to build a business around just what I was good at, even though I didn't love it. That's a mistake I see a lot of entrepreneurs make. In fact, the only thing that got me out of it was that I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. I went out onto a literal mountaintop to try to find the answer. And of course, it wasn't up there. And I came back down in defeat. And my son met me at the door and he said, Mom, I have a problem. And I thought, oh, this is great. Somebody else's problem to focus on, right? I said, what's that, dear? And he said, well, I'm 15 and a half this summer. And 15 and a half is this terrible age to enter the summer because I'm too young to get a summer job and I'm too old to go back to summer camp because I'm 15 and a half and that's boring and stupid now that I'm 15 and a half, right? I said, I get it. But you know what you're never too old or too young to do is be an entrepreneur. So let's build a business around what you love doing, just the things that you totally enjoy doing and let's get paid for it. How's that sound? We did. We actually built, put all the little things that he was good at into Google And out came, why don't you be an audiobook narrator? He looks at me and says, could I do that? And I'm like, yeah, let's build that business. That sounds fun. We actually started a whole business based on what he loved doing. A big mistake that I see entrepreneurs making is building a business around what they're good at, but it's not something they love. While that may pay the bills, it will not sustain you long-term. It will not give you on the hard days what you need in order to push through because you just don't love it. It's not what your life purpose is designed around. It's not who you're supposed to be in the world. That is fascinating. And what a beautiful story to be able to work with your son like that and find his strengths, but things that he loves to do. And I think you hit a nerve, I think, in those hard days, Mm. because we all have those hard days. I mean, whether you love what you do or you don't necessarily love it completely, we're going to have those hard days. And we've got to realize that, as you said, that life purpose, being able to focus on what it is that you're striving for, because on that day to day and you get mixed up and stuff and things aren't going the way you want them to go. And then you're like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And then you have to go back and you think, yeah, I'm doing this because I have a message, because I want to get out to other entrepreneurs. I want to help them. Yeah, I think that's an important one is is realizing you're going to have hard days. Definitely. Can you get through those hard days? Have that pissy party and get over it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I do have an acronym that might be helpful for people. And it's sort of a mnemonic that can help people remember to stay in that joy. It's called the road to joy. Road is the acronym, R-O-A-D. And the R stands for relish. If you relish it, if you're speaking or you're helping a client, or if you're 
serving in some way and you love it, if you absolutely love it and it gives you joy and fills you up with energy, keep doing it. The R is for relish. Keep doing it. And if you don't relish it, you need to get it into one of the other three categories as soon as possible. And that's O, A, and D. O is for outsource. A is for automate. D is for delegate. So get it off your plate as quickly as possible and either onto somebody else's or automated so that you don't have to keep doing it because you need to stay on the road to joy in order to be a successful entrepreneur. It's funny because enjoying the journey and relishing the journey is actually something that I use in one of my formulas. So nice. you're absolutely right. It, it <laughs> is. It, it, it's like you've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that if you don't have passion for it and sincere passion, you're right, you're going to burn out and you're not going to enjoy it. And there's nothing worse than doing things that you don't enjoy. <laughs> I agree. I've lived it. <laughs> I think we all have to some degree or other. It comes a point in time you're like, hmm, I'm not sure why I'm doing this because I don't yeah. really enjoy it. <laughs> I had a 25-year right. career where I was like, why am I doing this? I don't love it anymore. The passion is gone. It's time to look at something else. Yeah. When I was in corporate, 15 years were really good. It was joyful. It wasn't every day, but most of it was really, really good. As long as it's fun, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're enjoying it, great. Keep doing that. But if you realize one day or one week or one month, that you're just not loving it anymore and it's really weighing heavily on you, I suggest you take a deep, hard look at that and find out how you can get it off of your desk. Some of it is just like, I just don't like doing invoices. Some people love doing invoices. It makes them happy, right? (laughs) And some people just don't, like it's a chore. Figure out how to be able to get that off your plate and get it onto somebody else's. You can hire that out. You can automate your invoice process don't try to be all things to all people because you're not, right? And that's where joint venturing comes in very, very strongly. Oh, well, that's an interesting segue. Take us down that road. For example, I help entrepreneurs. I help them get on stages. I help them get seen and heard in a bigger way. But entrepreneurs need a lot of things. They don't just need to get on stages. They also need to be able to run Facebook ads. They also need to be able to build a website. They also need to be able to do lots of things that I don't know how to do. If I could either try to be an expert in all those and help all of the entrepreneurs I know, I could learn how to do Facebook ads and teach them. And then I could learn how to build a website and teach them. Or I could just joint venture partner with somebody else who also serves entrepreneurs. And reach out to them and say, you know, you build websites or you show people how to do Facebook ads and you help entrepreneurs too. Why don't we work together and I can build relationship with you to be able to create a platform or a stage to put you on so that you can talk to my people about Facebook ads. And then I can talk to your people about how to get on stages because the people that have websites might need to get on a stage as well. So a joint venture relationship is when you build a relationship with somebody else who also serves your community in a different way or even a very similar way to you. And then you exchange the opportunity to become an expert to their tribe and have them be an expert to your tribe and share their information with you. It sounds such a a beautiful synchronicity of talents that, yeah, I mean, yeah, go for it. And I know 
obviously you're doing this incredibly well. Your entrepreneurs rocket fuel. Which let's tell our listeners more about you, your services, and if they wanted to find out more about how they could work with you. Yeah. So thank you for that segue. I have a Facebook group. It's completely free to join, and I would love you guys to be a part of it. The website is entrepreneursrocketfuel.com forward slash Facebook. We'll take you right there. That's entrepreneurs with an S, entrepreneursrocketfuel.com forward slash Facebook. You can join the community and the conversation. When you join, you can actually share your logo and a little bit about you. And then on Tuesdays, we let you share your freebies and any giveaways or lead magnets that you have for our community that might benefit them. On Thursdays, you can actually share any upcoming events you have. So if you have a launch or an event or a book signing or something that you're doing, you can make that announcement in our group as well. And it has all kinds of videos and motivation and mindset and information about how to get your business seen and heard in a bigger way. I'm going right there, right after we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. We always end off, Kimberly, as you know, with a golden nugget. So if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be? I love your golden nuggets. And I think everybody should go back and listen to the golden nuggets from all of the speakers on the podcast, because they're always such great information. And it's tempting to just steal them and say, these are the golden nuggets. But I think for your listeners today, my message is probably... Be you. Be you because two reasons. First off, everyone else is taken. So you might as well be you. And second, we need you. We need you and the you that you are in this world. The contribution that you're supposed to make here needs to be made by you and can only be made by you. So don't hide and try to be somebody else or show up in the world in a way that isn't authentic. Make sure that you can be as honest and authentic as you possibly can. Be you, everybody else is taken. What a poignant message. Wow. This has been incredible. Listeners, you have been treated to a treasure trove of incredible information by our expert here, Kimberly. And I thank you. I thank you, Kimberly, for sharing that wisdom so generously And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparked some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.